Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to All Worth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen here. Pat McLean, thanks for joining us. Glad you are with us, both myself and my co-host. We are both financial advisors, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. We spend our weekdays with people like yourself, and we are broadcasting on the weekends to be your financial advisor on the air. And this program is a little different than other ones in the fact that we are we are still going to have our discussions that we have with one another. Uh, but we are using some of our best of calls. So we'll be having a f- some of those within the program. Um, yeah. And they are the best I, of. They're not just like, hey, let's just run this thing again. We actually had our team go through and listen to them, <laughs> make sure they're good. So we try to cover a wide variety of topics on yeah. our best of but, calls. But you know, as you listen to these and you're thinking, I'd like to ask these guys a question. I think I've got something uh, feel free to give us a call. We'll set up a time to record it. 833-99-WORTH is our number. Again, 833-999-6784. Get and you on the program. The questions, uh, if you're a new listener to the show, like what kind of questions do people ask? They ask questions about their 401k, IRAs. The biggest question we have is, do I have enough money to retire? That is the biggest question that most Americans are dealing with. Yeah. Do I have enough money? If you to have a hundred million dollars. You're probably not worried about that. Yeah. If you got $2 million, you might be worried about that. If you have 500,000, you're probably worried about that. But if you have 5 million, might be worried about that. You, the interesting thing about the, the question is, is that people actually have a tendency to look at their assets and not their outgo. And the, the point being is that money not going out is exactly the same as money coming in. If you don't have a mortgage payment of $2,000 a month, then you don't need $300,000 or $350,000 behind it. It might even be more powerful because that mortgage is going to click no matter what happens. That, That demands feeding every month. Regardless of what happens in your life, you can't change that unless you sell a house or get re or gets um, repossessed. Foreclosed. Foreclosed. Thank you. Thank you. There's so many different ways for the lender to take back the property. (laughs) Sometimes it's hard to remember. Truly. (laughs) Right. Truly. Truly. So the question we get is, do I have enough money to retire? And you'll hear us ask the question, what do you have? Where does it come from? How old are you? Are you married? And who do you owe money and how much? And that's the biggest question, which is it's much easier to pay down debt and get rid of expenses oftentimes than it is to invest. Yep. There's no question. So anyway, let's, uh, let's go to some of these calls. They're some of our best calls we've got. We're talking with Daryl. Daryl, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Scott and Pat, thank you all for taking my call. Yes. I wish I had 30 minutes to talk to you <laughs> and just suck your brains. Uh, let me tell you a quick <laughs> intro. Of, uh, Thanks. I'm very, that sounds I'm very really exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm very high risk when it comes to investing. Uh, and I hope and pray that the kids are high risk. We have five children, which are grown now. The youngest being 27 years old. Uh, I grew up in the projects, very low income area. I'm not a, a college graduate or anything, but what I did when I graduated, I went right into the military, the Marine Corps, the very next day. And I retired, did my 20 there. And then I came out and went to the Postal Service, and I'm at 20 over 20 there. God bless you. So I'm, yeah, I thank you. I'm putting all my beings right there with the government, basically. So, uh, but my question is pertaining to our grandchildren. We have six of them, and I'm interested in what are some of the uh, investment programs that we, myself and my wife, can do for them. Uh, if you have any advice or insight on that right what is now. Your, what are you trying to accomplish? My goal is for them when they're 25 years old or 30 is to have uh, a lot of amount of money set aside for if they decide to go to school or open a business of that nature. So that's uh, growth income. And when, when you say, uh, is it primarily school or is it um, 
or is it business? And at any point in time, would you like the ability to retrieve those dollars if you think that they were going to use them in a manner that isn't consistent with your beliefs? Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. So, I mean, here's, so there's, there's, we can talk about some different avenues that you can use and then the pros and cons to that, right? One avenue Correct. is use what's called 529 plans. These are designed for education costs. The benefit of a 529 plan, inside of a 529 plan, you could be as aggressive or as conservative as you'd like. You control the dollars. You set the allocation. And you can set up six accounts for your six grandkids. You can have them be as aggressive as you'd like. You can control it. The, the beauty of these plans is the dollars grow tax deferred. And with the, if, when the money comes out and it's used for education expenses, room and boards included, trade schools are included, it, it, it comes out tax-free. So all the earnings are, are tax-free. And the, the benefit is, is you remain the owner of the account, not the child. So gotcha. if the child gets to 25, 22, 23, and you're like, you know, giving this kid 15 or 20 grand is not going to help them li their lives. It will actually possibly make their lives worse. You can change the beneficiary on that account to another grandchild, or you could withdraw the money yourself and pay taxes and penalties on there. So that is one option. It is the option that I have chosen for my own children. It is and the option well. that Scott has chosen for. It is the option that we recommend to about 95% of all our clients. Now, here's a couple other avenues you can go. You can set up accounts that are what's called a Uniform Transfer to Minors Act or Uniform Gift to Minors Act. It's different states call it different things, but an ATMA or an UGMA. Which, by the way, was the predominant way of funding college education prior to the advent of the 529 20 plan. years ago or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Okay. With this, there's some benefits. This is a way that the money is set up in the kid's name. So you die or whatever, it can it, it remains in the kid's name. Uh, you'd have to set up six different accounts each for each grandchild. A certain amount of, of interest, 750 bucks a year or 800 bucks a year, I forget the exact number, is free from uh, any sort of income tax. And then it's uh, it's it's taxed after that. And if it gets too high, it's taxed at the parents' rates. But that applies to such a small percentage of the population. It's almost irrelevant. Uh, in this particular situation, uh, uh, the challenge with that sort of structure, and again, you can invest it in anything you want. You could you could invest it in a in a bank account, or you can invest it in Tesla stock, and anywhere in between. the 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 downside to that is when the the child reaches age of maturity, mm -hmm. the, the those dollars are theirs regardless. So if they're more interested in in cars than they are in college catalogs they're probably going to take the money and, and buy in a car or something like that. And I remember when I was 20, a friend of mine all of a sudden shows up with a Carmen Ghia, right back in the day, Volkswagen Carmen Ghia. For those young kids, you won't know what a Carmen Ghia is, but a Carmen Ghia. And this kid had nothing. And I'm like, where did you get this Carmen Ghia? He goes, well, I had this fund my parents had been saving for me. And I turned 21. Here and, it is. And I got yeah. it. And he wrecked it three wow. weeks later. I thought that was classic. Um, he did. He did. <laughs> uh, so that's another avenue. And a third avenue is where. You just, you set up a, you, you, it's kind of a pain, but you set up six different accounts in your name okay. or you in your wife's name or your trust mm -hmm. name or however you hold your assets. And you just earmark them internally that I'm setting this up for Johnny and no kids named Johnny anymore, whatever. Kyle. <laughs> whatever the names are. And, Devin. And, and then you earmark them yourself. You're the one going to be responsible for any sort of, um, capital gains or, or dividends or interest that are paid out over there. Presumably you'd invest in something that's more growth oriented. So it wouldn't be very right, spin yeah. off much. And then you could, you could gift those assets to the child later. Like, Hey, by the way, I'd been saving up money. There's 10 grand that's in this account that I've got for you. And you could set up in your will or your trust such that if you die early, the, these dollars go into certain trusts to accomplish your objectives. All right. So we gave you all the choices and the, the, and the pros and cons, you want to use the 529 plan. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. you, you, that's all you want okay. to do. And what state are you in? I am in Missouri. And real quick, my son, he has three of the grandkids out in California. Mm -hmm. So I told him to go ahead and start teaching them about stocks and buying. So he set up accounts in um, 
uh, TD Ameritrade. Mm-hmm. And one, I told them to start teaching them right now. That's right. You know, about, and you know, of course, young people and kids' minds is all about gaming and techs and things of that nature. But I thought that would be a, a good idea for them to start. Yep. Yep. And so what you want to do is uh, just set these up. I don't know about the, the, the 529s are funny because each state is only allowed to have one. And so, but you and don't, some states give you a tax deduction. Some states don't. And you don't have to use the one that the state that That's you're right. actually resident. I'd like to see if you get some tax deduction for the state of Missouri. And if not, I'd use the state of Utah's uh, plan, which is the one that oh, okay. we, Utah. Um, and I know Kansas definitely has that. Over yeah. there, they, well, they all have them. The question mm-hmm. you want to see is if you get a deduction in the state of Missouri. And then if, if the money's not used for any sort of educational expenses whatsoever, worst case, you pay taxes and a 10% penalty on the gain. And it, and it comes back to you. But you can always rename another That's right. grandchild as a beneficiary. One kid doesn't turn out so well, and yeah. you're like, it's That's, not going to help him. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we appreciate your service to the Marine Corps and uh, the U.S. Postal yeah. Service. Thanks, so. Daryl. Appreciate the call. We wish you well. Now we're going to talk and hear from Mick. Mick, you're with Allworth Money Matters. Hi. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I've been on your show before, uh, maybe seven or ten years ago. But this time, I think I've reached the end of my rope, and I don't think I'm qualified anymore to do the taxes for my family or prepare for retirement. My wife and I are 64. She's an entrepreneur. She started three companies here in Davis, California. Oh, I I remember you. do you really? Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, and I'm, actually, I'm, I'm, and your company just got a new CEO. Right. You, that's exactly correct. <laughs> yes. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, I remember. Uh, absolutely remember you. And, and the amazing. last time you called, it's because you had a heavy concentration of this biotech stock. That's what, uh, that's what I emailed in for. Yes, exactly right. So we have, this is her company. Uh, and and uh, by, by, by the way, listen, Congrats to your wife. She is absolutely brilliant. You guys have obviously, some people are going to connect the dots. This company had a CFO that was cooking the books and it's a publicly traded company (laughs) and it, uh, it cratered. I mean, it was on the edge after that CFO was cooking the book. So what he was doing is he was actually booking sales without actually doing the sales. Short story. it wasn't the CFO, it was the COO. I don't okay. want to give the CFO a bit. Okay. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> right. defamation I got, I got, I got <laughs> half the story right. But listen, you're... you're, you're and the uh, COO's trial, he's supposed to be getting his uh, sentence pretty soon. Oh, good. Uh, good. And, and by the way, so many times, so. what a great... Uh, by the way, uh, much admiration for your wife and the company you have built in the space you're, you're building and what the new products that you're coming out with right now are just absolutely amazing and for the rest of yeah. us we have no idea what you're talking about but anyway how <laughs> okay. can we what's your question because i have zero recollection of this conversation but. <laughs> well she's she's an entomologist and she creates green products to grow crops Got it. and uh this is her third study that she did wow. that with and, and so what's your question point now well she's become retired and um now she has RSUs and she's got all these uh, alphabet soup stuff that I don't understand. And w- one of the biggest ones is that when she first went public, the different people told her that she had um, qualified small business stock yep. that she could yep. get a lower capital gains rates for. Correct, correct, correct. And I'm looking all over the place online, you know, uh, uh, trying to figure out retirement strategy and charitable contribution strategy and stuff like that on which shares of stock do, I, do we actually sell and use to live on maybe or yep. to diversify. Yep. The big thing is to diversify. That, that's right. Way huge percentage of our stock in our portfolio. Yep. And which ones do we just hold on to and maybe nieces and nephews will get when we die? So which ones do we just commit to charity and say, here, look, um, let's put it in one of those. You're not going to, uh, you're not going to get the answer on the air, but so each one of those uh, lives in its own tax world. Each one of those segments lives in its own tax world. So we have quite a bit of experience working with these qualified small business stocks. So what you do, the process you go through is you put it on a spreadsheet and you look at the tax implications of each one of those. So some of them are great for charities. Some are great for inheritance. Some you want to gift today not in an inheritance, and some of them you're going to liquidate based on the your uh, tax rate and how they're treated. 
Um, right. But you're not, <laughs> you, you have to go through the process because you look at them as all the same stock and they're not all the same stock. There are many right. flavors of those stocks. So um, you're not going to get the answer uh, from me today because of the process that you have to go through. But um, we. But if you see a good financial advisor, particularly one that has a tax firm within it, then then you get the the team could work together and it's not hard i mean it it, it isn't hard um we, it just takes a little bit of work for well, you telling us the history and how they're actually titled and it, they called like six different companies and three of them told me they think that the trump tax cuts supersede this so this doesn't exist anymore which kind of made me a little depressed the qsbs and then others said, well, I heard about that somewhere. I'd have to research. Well, look, that's none of those are none of those are our answers. <laughs> right. None of those. Right. That's just guy. That's, that's just someone. Like yeah. It's yeah. someone just they're, they're speculating, which is I, what we could do on the air. I could do that if you to. want. Right. I could tell you right. what I right. think. But the reality is I, 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 I don't have enough information from you to actually give you an answer. So. Um, you would be, but, but well, this is a great sure. opportunity. Yeah. And, and I, I think I, I need to use a pro for the first time in my life. I think I'm, you do. Uh, you know, what's interesting. In TurboTax and Google just isn't enough anymore. No, that, look, look, <laughs> you're on a different level here. There is nothing TurboTax or Google's going to answer for you. Nothing. Okay. It's, it's going to okay. give you something, but you're going to have to actually, um, Put it in a spreadsheet and actually look part of a co-CEO of a firm that manages almost $11 billion. I understand it. You know who manages my money? My own firm. Not me. (laughs) Oh, I was going to say, I was going to learn something new. No, no, my my own firm, right? My wife's an accountant. You know who does our taxes? An accountant, not, not my wife. No, not her. <laughs> okay, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you're in that situation. Yeah. It, you're not. It's not. You're not in the minor leagues anymore, Mark. You are not in the minor leagues. You have to actually do an analysis on this, and you're going to yeah. pay someone for their advice. Yep. it'll yeah, be money well spent. Just accumulating our retirement over many. You'll many make. Years, you'll make really much my, thought to. you Vanguard did the a study. Uh, Morningstar did a study. Both showed that good quality advice will pay for itself. It won't cost. And particularly the more complex, you get quality advice will more than pay for itself. Anyway, so uh, I'm so glad you called. I remember the the last call. Uh, I track uh, your wife's um, success um, and it's, it's darn impressive. It's really, I'd actually like to meet her someday because she sounds brilliant. (laughs) And you sound like a nice enough guy too. So call us in another six or seven years, Mick. That was. Oh, I'm sorry. I I told you, Mark. Mick. Okay, thanks, Mick. Okay, appreciate it. Let's talk now with Lynn in Illinois. Lynn, you're with Allworth Money Matters. Yes, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. You're scaring me with this trillions in debt stuff, but (laughs) I'm not making it up. Yeah, we see it all. I'm 66 years old, about to retire. I have a 457 plan, and I also have a regular IRA from another former employer. And I would like to consolidate them and kind of wondering what should I consider in which one to roll my money into? Where's your IRA today? Um, it is with a Vanguard with Vanguard. Are you confident in your ability to both select investments as well as manage this uh, throughout? I don't retirement? know that I am. I would probably go with just a date targeted plan. I don't know, like a 2030 or something and just let them. And how much is in your 457? I don't really need the money to live on. Um, My 457's got about 180,000 in it. And how about your IRA? Uh, The IRA's only got like 30,000 in it. And you've got a pension coming in, so you don't need these dollars for retirement income. Correct. And you're 66, so at age 72, you're going to have to start retaking required minimum distributions unless it gets pushed out a couple more years. And how much will your pension be? Um, It will be about 38,000 a year. And will you be eligible for Social Security as well? I will be. And I assume you have no debt? No debt. Okay. 
Um, so I would I, I would consolidate the dollars out of the 457 and into the IRS. So I assume that you either work for a state or a municipality. Um, yes. Okay. And so what happens is technically, and you're in the state of Illinois, so technically uh, that 457 is an asset of that municipality. Now, I say technically, uh, there's only been one instance that I'm aware of where they've actually – if the municipality, but Illinois is their their finances are such good. Well, that's shape. why I said you're, you're, you live in the state of Illinois because uh, we're in California, no, so we're we like can, we can pick on we, we can actually pick on guys like New Jersey and Illinois, but no one else. Um, so I would move it over to the Vanguard Fund, and I wouldn't use a target date. I actually wouldn't. I would probably uh, get a little bit more aggressive with this, and I would actually probably go. Depending upon you, you could be you could be much more aggressive in this, much more aggressive, much much more aggressive. I would depending go on your comfort zone because your time horizon is very long. You just said you don't need the dollars. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would probably go seventy to eighty percent equities. Are you married? I am. And mm-hmm. how old's your spouse? Um, she's sixty-three. What do you think these dollars will be used for? Ay ay ay. I don't know. I guess we're so blessed. We haven't given it a whole ton of thought. So I would go. I would go seventy to eighty percent equities in this, and the rest uh, some cash bonds. And well, you some- could certainly do that because you can consider the rest of your income as fixed is uh, fixed is, income is secure. Bond. Yeah. And yes. and then what I would do is I'd go through the calculation every year between now, the date of your retirement. And age 72 and look to see whether you should do Roth conversions on that. And part of that driver will be your marginal tax rate versus the people that you name as the primary beneficiary on your IRA's marginal tax rate. If they're the same or yours is higher, you may not actually want to convert. But that's what I would look at. And I wouldn't use a target date on this. No. In fact, I would even I would actually pay someone to actually allocate it for you. Yep. And well, of course you would believe that. That's what you do for a living. Well, we do typically, we typically manage someone's whole portfolios and we can do it on a one-off on an hourly basis or by a project or yeah. we manage the monies. A good, you get a good advice. Like studies have shown that a good financial advisor, and we're not trying to pitch on our services because there's lots of good advisors, mm-hmm. but a good mm-hmm. financial advisor uh, will make a will earn much more than what you pay for in a typical fee. Well, the, and part of that is the Roth conversion, which you didn't ask about at all. Uh, which is what I would actually concentrate. If you were sitting in- It's all the financial planning aspects that go around with it. Plus the behavioral uh, finance. Yeah. But you can most certainly, mm-hmm. that's why I wouldn't use a target date. You need to be more aggressive than what a target date would allow you to do. Um, and okay. I would go 70 to 80% equities and not and not worry about it. And if you want to pay if, someone, if, pay someone if, to manage well, it. Let Don't let them you, sell you an index annuity or any of this garbage. You just let want- Let me ask you this question. What percentage mm-hmm. of your portfolio is in stocks today? Um, a fairly high percent. We have, um, well, we're heavy in real estate, personal real estate. We have a second home and uh, we have an E-Trade account with about 130000 in it. Um, Percentage-wise, between the IRA and all of that combined, we have a, I don't know, we're probably at about 70%. Right. Well, to yep. Pat's, then, then don't change that. Don't change it. I just would put everything in an IRA and I'd actually move the money from, you know, E-Trade. I'd, I'd get it all at the same custodian just so it makes your life easier. There's no reason to have some money at E-Trade and some money at Vanguard. You, you know, one or the other. It's, yeah. yeah. You know, I don't and go I, to one store for milk and the other store for eggs. Yeah, your wife I probably think- does. My wife goes to Trader Joe's. That's where my wife Rayleigh's goes. Rayleigh's and Nugget. There it is. Those three. <laughs> Uh, three stores uh, and Target sometimes I, for some and Costco five. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I, but, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> so what was your question? Vanguard, Vanguard may charge less of a fee than the 457 I'm with. Oh, and- it's it, it, look, the, the, the difference, the, 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 look, I, I, it's I, pennies. I, if, if it's anything at all, it's pennies well, and they might charge a little bit more on something and less on something else. But the 457 and the Vanguard internal cost. Well, we're t- if, if fees are almost nothing at Vanguard. But the question is not really the asset management fee as much as the overall financial planning investment advice fee around this, where if you had 
you had an advisor kind of overseeing the entire thing, looking at the real estate, looking at the E-Trade. When do we do some Roth conversion? Do, are, do we have to... Are there some things to consider about taxation when it comes to real estate? When do you start Social Security? When does your spouse start Social Security? Uh, all, all of those things. And I mean, I understand Vanguard has like a call center with a bunch of certified financial planners. I don't know if they're, I can't vouch for whether they do a great job or not. I don't know enough about them. I like Vanguard for their for their index funds. We use them quite a bit at Allworth, but we don't use their... Um, there's, I have no idea how their financial. Anyway, appreciate the call. Works. Congratulations Thank on the retirement. So uh, yeah, congrats on retirement. So it's, 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 we're going to take a quick break when we uh, come back. We'll continue on with some discussion as well as hearing some more calls. So this is All Worth Money Matters with Scott Hanson, Pat McLean. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McClain. I tell you what, I was, um, yesterday I was driving, not yesterday, I don't know, a couple of days ago driving, and I hear an ad from um, someone I respect, actually, quite a bit, but he was pit- he was hired from a mor- reading a mortgage ad on reef taking untapping the equity out of your house. Home prices have increased dramatically. Odds are you've got a lot more equity in the house. It's a good opportunity for you to use, take those dollars and use them for something else. And every time I hear that kind of advertisement, I cringe because you're not unleashing any equity. You're not tapping the equity. You are pledging your home as collateral for money to spend on other purposes. Right, right. Yeah, like tap. Like this thing is a like it's a well that's never going to run dry. You got to put it back. Yes, they require it to be returned plus interest. And if you don't, they take your house. I <laughs> get a little. You know, you can always tell when Scott Hanson gets a little mad because his I do get angry. His upper lip gets a it starts getting tight. You know why? It's one thing about selling someone a car they can't afford, selling them furniture they can't afford, a ticket to Hawaii they can't really afford, taking someone's house. Look what happened years ago in the last downturn. Yeah. And people coming into this now, this mortgage, this housing market's not going to continue like it's continuing. No. Obviously. It's actually crazy. I'm it's not crazy. sure if it's going to fall think, off like it did. I don't think it will like it well, did before. Well, part of it is supply chain. And the, but how in the world are you going to retire if your mortgage, your house that you bought for 200000 is now, the mortgage is now 800000 or whatever. You're not. You're not. Anyway. So we're, we're uh, taking some of the best of calls during this program. And so I'm glad you are listening. And let's, um, let's talk now with Brad. Brad, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, thanks for taking the call. Yeah. Hey, um, so my wife and I are looking into downsizing kind of as we move into retirement. And um, how old are you, Brad? Coming up is, oh, um, I'm 59 and my wife's 62. Okay. And as, as we've been looking into the downsizing, um, one of the interesting things that came up that I wanted to ask about was <clears throat> not something I'd heard about a lot, but it's purchasing a home with a reverse mortgage and exploring that option as a, as a means for controlling cash flow. Now, I've, I've come to find out that since I'm 59, I, I don't qualify. That's correct. But I'm still, I'm still interested in the concept and maybe down the road or... Um, just your guys' thoughts on, on reverse mortgage. Yeah, also, if it was in your wife's name, but not that necessarily I could recommend that, but it's yeah. something you could do. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that yeah, either. Yeah, you don't, you don't <laughs> want to do that. So let's talk about the rest of your financial situation before First we, of all, let me, yeah. let me, let's explain how these work, because I would imagine most of us that are being participants in the program today don't quite understand uh, what Brad's talking well, about good here. Good idea, Scott. <laughs> Think of a reverse mortgage as a, as a traditional type of mortgage, with the differences, there are no interest payments required. Interest still accrues, but no, there are no payments required. So let's say that you have a, a reverse mortgage on your house of $100,000, and the interest rate is 4% on it. I'm just throwing a number out. At the end of the first year, the mortgage balance would be 104000 At the end of the second year, it'd be 108 and, and some, some change. change. 
at the end of the third year. It would, so it would continue to compound about itself and grow larger and larger and larger. But you, one would expect that over a long period of time, home prices will continue to increase in value. So whatever equity you have in the house, you should odds are you would still have equity down the road. And if something happens and you don't have equity, maybe you, it's the, uh, you, you move out when home prices are down or whatnot, they're, they're 90 plus percent of them are insured by the federal government to make the lender whole. So you're not responsible for it. And what some people can do is- And, and Scott, may I add that? Yep. So what determines the amount that you can borrow is the age and the value of the home. So the younger you are, you have to be 62 to qualify. The younger you are, the less money they will lend you because they're doing a calculation as to break even. The bank doesn't ever want to lose money on this. The investors don't want to lose money on this. So if you're 62, let's say you can borrow 50% loan to value. And if you're 82, you could probably borrow 85% loan to value. The older you are, the more equity that you can borrow against in the house. And you can use them. Let's say that you're going to buy a house at $400,000 and the loan to value, let's say is 50%. You put down half, the reverse mortgage pays the other half. Now you are guaranteed to live into this house until your dying day and never have to make a mortgage payment. All you have to do is make sure you keep up on your property uh, taxes and maintenance on the house. So what's the downside to it, right? The downside is you better be pretty darn sure that it's the last house you're going to live in. Yeah. It's more expensive than a traditional mortgage. And it's more expensive than a traditional mortgage. So let's talk about the rest of your financial situation. So how much money do you have in equity in your home today? Um, around 420000 And what other assets do you have? Um, other than like 401ks and yep. money, that, that kind of stuff, IRAs. Um, about 620000 in in IRA and a little bit in the 401k. And uh, do you or your spouse, uh, do you expect to receive a pension? No. So the value of your home is how much today? You said you have 420 in equity. What's oh. the value of the home? Yeah, the value is around 620. And what would a new, if downsized, and what would that house cost you? A new house? We're, um, we're finding anywhere from... 550 to 650 is a comfortable home. So you're not, you're, you're not downsizing value. You're just changing the, the, the square footage person pretty much. Yeah. So a nicer home, but smaller, nicer home. Yes. Or more desirable neighborhood or something along those lines. Um, more, more, uh, yeah, kind of like that. The neighborhood we're in right now is pretty nice. It's just, uh, yeah. The house. <clears throat> and what, at what age do you plan on retiring? Um, Right at the, what, 67 for myself. My wife is pretty much retired right now. And does she have a pension? No. All right, so it's basically, is she drawing from her retirement account or just your your salary? Yeah, it's just my salary. We're not drawing right now and don't want to draw. And what's what's the family income now? Um, You know, I'm a freelancer, so it varies every year, but it will... um, you know, on average, if we take if we take COVID out of the equation, it's going to be somewhere between seventy five to okay. hundred. I I look, I would I, I think it's wise that you're looking at this option, but it you, well, number one you don't need it now. I wouldn't do it. Uh, right. It it really okay. it it makes sense. The older you are, the the more attractive this technique can be to help increase a family's cash flow. But I wouldn't do it mm-hmm. out of the box. Particularly while you're still okay. working. If I wanted to make the move to downsize right now, I would downsize right now, keep everything else remaining equal, take a new 30-year mortgage on that, and then decide in, you know, you've got eight years until you retire. A uh, lot's going to happen between now and then. I, but I wouldn't even, it wouldn't be on, I'm glad that it's on your consideration list, uh, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend it for you. Not yet. And by the way, uh, at full disclosure, at one point in time, Scott and I started and then sold the largest reverse mortgage company. We in didn't the start States. the largest. We, we didn't start it. Became, it became that way. We yeah. started it from scratch. Um, and by the way, it wasn't targeted towards our wealth management clients. It was targeted to a whole nother section of the economy, which is the largest asset that these a lot of people have is in their homes. It's and the not, average buyer was a 78-year-old widow who didn't want to leave her neighborhood yeah. She already lost her husband, lost her you know, her work environment, right? So, 
they, people, most people do not want to leave their house as they age, and it enabled them to um, pay off their existing mortgage and have um, additional cash flow. Yeah, yeah. And That's so there, the and it's not either good or bad. It's either the appropriate tool or the inappropriate tool. And for you right now, okay. it's not the appropriate tool. So I would if. I wouldn't wait till the re- I retired if I was going to downsize. I'd do it now. I'd get a new 30-year mm-hmm. mortgage on it. I'd put as much cash down as I possibly could, and I'd work as long as I could. Yep. Okay. You said 30-year mortgage. It's kind of surprising there. Well, here's why. Mm-hmm. You're never going to pay this mortgage off in your lifetime. Right. Right? Unless you, okay. unless you say, I'm going to work hard to get it paid off by the time I retire. And what's the point in that? So if you can't get the house paid off by the time you retire, if it's not in the short-term goals that you can effectively pay this mortgage off by the time you retire, then mm-hmm. take, take out the longest mortgage. If they had a 50 year mortgage, it's that much closer to a reverse mortgage. That's right. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's true. It's the same thing. Well, great. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Glad to talk to you, Brad. Wish you well. Which, which is, he's right because we preach paying your house off before you retire, but not at the sake of, uh, well, his wife is retired. But he's not, and he's still got seventy to one hundred thousand dollars a year in income. Yeah, and he needs to continue to save, so he's got enough money when he quits working to, yeah, make the family. And at that point in time, budget, you could decide to rather convert the forward mortgage into a reverse mortgage. If he said my income's probably going to be quite a bit higher the next several years, but it yeah. sounds like it's, yeah, because it's variable. I would rather see him at a lower monthly payment. Yes, we're talking with Stephanie. Stephanie, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. I am calling because um, my mom and I actually want to know what we should do with an inheritance that is coming her way. It's going to go into her trust. Um, and then what do we do from there? And how old is your mother? She is 86. And how large is the inheritance? We were told it's going to be $647,000. And does your mother owe anyone any money? Thankfully, no. And what's your mother's financial situation look like now? Does she own a home? Uh, does she have money in the bank so, or IRAs? Yes. Uh, yes. Um, she, no home. She's a home and then, and then we moved her up here to be actually in an apartment. And, um, you know what, Stephanie? We're, your phone, your cell is just in a bad cell spot or something. Oh dear! I'm oh sorry. no! It Let sounds better right there. It sounds better. Yeah, okay, I won't move. I, don't I won't don't move around. Keep that left hand up. <laughs> so, um, so six hundred forty-seven. How much money does she have in the bank? She has total between CDs and a little bit in Vanguard and all of that about seven hundred ninety. And so she, she doesn't need these dollars. These dollars will not be spent by her in her lifetime. Not unless there's something really crazy that happens because she also has long-term care policy. So. And is she in, did you say she's in a rental or that she lives with you? What did you say? Yes. We're all together in a rental apartment, a nice apartment. Oh, and do you have any siblings? I don't. I am the only child. What is she, what is she, who'd she inherit these dollars from? This is from a first cousin, a senior oh citizen gosh. who had wow. passed away. I know. <laughs> and they had no other family wow. left. I mean, she's it. And then me. What's your mom want to do? Well, that's why she wanted me to call you. But she said, well, we should take a vacation. Okay. So that's one Wonderful. thing she Wonderful. That's right, a fantastic. That. I don't know how far you can go with COVID, but you can go down to the. Okay. So take a vacation. What else <laughs> yeah. does your mother want to do? To Tahoe. We'll go to Tahoe. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm not sure because she, she, you know, we don't get too much out beyond. She's still active to a, a certain degree and she's still pretty healthy. Um, and her mom lived to an old age. So I'm hoping, you know, she has a long time, but she's not sure because it's such a big number to her. We just can't quite comprehend. But she did say to me, I hope that with everything now that there will be something left for your retirement. So that's something she did say to me. So you're living with her in a rented apartment. Yes, we're all together. And when you say we, who is we? Uh, My mom and I, and I do have a husband. Okay. Uh, At least for now. (laughs) Okay. Well, no, that's real. No, no, let me tell you something. That's real. That is real. Yeah. Um, I um, have to say that. So, oh no, that's real. Um, 
why don't you guys consider buying a house? Well, that's what I was wondering. A condo, even though it's so expensive. Well, what is it compared to what? Expensive out here. What? How much is um, rent? Uh-huh. Well, it's um, about with the utilities and all. It's about two thousand a month. Why don't you look at a little condo where you can live there after your mother passes, and that you could be okay, comfortable so living with their, her there, and and put it in your mother's name, um, and yeah, keep it yeah. in her name, and keep it in her name, and then have your mother do a trust for all of her assets so that when she passes, it goes directly to you. Remember, inherited money is not community property money. It means you inherit it, not you and your spouse. And as long as you keep it separate, it will keep it separate property. And that's why whether you were joking or not about for now, married for now, it's always separate property. I think like getting to find a condo or a townhouse would be ideal. Okay. Because, I mean, so the dollars, the 650,000 bucks, we, we do what with it? We stick it... In the bank, and we then stick it. But then there's another seven ninety on top of that. So your, your mother's never going to spend these dollars. Right? And she has long-term exactly. care insurance. So, um, and I presumably you do not own a house anywhere. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Go go buy a house where you can take care of your mother until her dying day, and then you can live there and in, in you know. And either- you've got long-term care insurance plus those assets. So even if you at a point you said we need. Caregivers coming and going twenty four seven. Fine, you can afford that. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be okay. Yeah, that's what I'm okay. And so even if my plans for the future, let's say in fifteen years, is to live out of state, still located by the house now. That's right. You're going to see the money back. Fifteen years. Yeah, Yeah, it's a long time, and your plans will change. There's never been a fifteen year time when property values haven't increased in California. (laughs) And your plans, your plans will change in the next fifteen years. So that's what that's the recommendation um, I would give you, and any one of the advisors at Allworth would give you. Awesome. I so appreciate it. All Thank right. you so much, right. you guys. Well, thanks All for right. taking care of your mom. Yeah, for sure. That's awfully Thank nice. Thank you. Yeah. It's, a, it's a blessing to me and to her, I know. Oh, so. that's Thank nice. you. Yeah, and why she's still got the, the health to be able to do some traveling and stuff, uh, make the most of it. Cause, um, actually, regardless of your age, make the most of your days. Because <laughs> <laughs> who knows? We never know. And let's talk with Mary. Mary, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hello. Hello, Scott and Pat. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thank you. I am calling today. Um, I have a question, and I'm looking for different options and the best way to handle So I met with my nephew and his wife over the holidays, and they were just telling me about their situation. They're both uh, um, self-employed, and uh, they've had they just purchased a house in October 2018 for 85000 at a 6.75% interest rate, and it's a 30-year fixed mortgage. Um, They went in March to see about refinancing, and there was a $4,000 closing cost. Because they're self-employed, they didn't have that cash, so they didn't um, approve the refinancing. So they saved up the $4,000 and went back in November, and the interest rates are down to 2.8%. So they wanted to refinance an $80,000 loan, and they had the $4,000 closing. Well, at that time, the bank that they went to denied it because of things that were happening with COVID, and they, I don't know, they just didn't approve it. So I was looking for a way that I might be able to help him Okay. Um, and different options. So um, I have about $40,000 cash. Um, I have investments and retirement um, pension, that kind of thing. So, um, they would like to refinance at like 15 years. They could probably get it for less than 3% if, um, if the bank approved it and for 80,000 and they would be paying the same amount, but they would cut their years from 30 to 15. Yeah. The problem is they haven't been able to get the loan. I don't know if they should keep shopping around or I'm not liking the idea of co-signing a loan for them. Yeah. Um, let me what ask you, a, what state is this in? This is in New York state. And what is, uh, uh, what's the value of the home? It's about 80. Well, they bought it for 85,000. I, it's not, you know, it's not a lot more than that. Probably. It's amazing. They could get a banker to talk to him at all for an $85,000 loan. I think they it's amazing that there's actually bank. homes in the United States that sell for $85,000. Well, I assume it's probably in upstate right. New York somewhere. 
It is. It is. It's in an older community. Yeah, it's small. Um, and they are, they're kind of newlyweds. They're, they've been married since October 2018, and uh, they just started their family. So. And what's their business? They're self-employed. Are they both in the same business or two sure. different businesses? Um, yeah, he is a photographer, and his wife is a wedding planner. So oh, with COVID, whoa. you know, <laughs> that went down. <laughs> yeah. That's... But in the meantime... They have certainly been able to keep up their payments and uh, save enough money for a down payment or for a closing. So, so Mary, Mary, if you called and you said, I've got $300,000 in the bank. I've got another $2 million in my retirement account. I really love these, my nephew. Um, then I'd say, yeah, you could be the bank on it. That's right, Scott. I was thinking exactly. You could be the bank on it. and you, you, That's what I'd like to do so they don't have to have that $4,000. Well, well, I, I just said well. if you had a few hundred thousand in the bank and a million dollars in your retirement account. So, oh, and by the way, full disclosure, my wife and I bought our first house. My grandmother lent us twenty grand uh, for the down payment mm-hmm. so we could get through uh, PMI, payment mortgage insurance, so we didn't have to pay it. And I paid it off in a couple of years. And, she and my tried, dad loaned me money to help with the down payment. My grandmother tried to lend me money again because it was such a good return to her. She kept saying, you know, Patrick, I could lend you some more money. And I'm like, I don't need it. She liked the return. She liked the return. Um, yeah, and my nephew, my nephew also said, well, if you are going to be the, you know, financer, that we wouldn't want you to do it if you didn't get some kind of a percent. So of course. he would be willing to even give me a little bit of a percentage. Oh, which no, is no. much more than I'm getting in, in the bank. Oh, no, no. You'd market at above market. You'd market at fair market. Uh, absolutely fair market. But the question is, is do you have the financial wherewithal without putting your retirement into jeopardy yes. to do so? So tell us about you. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, well, right now I've got about 40,000 liquid cash in the bank. Um, I've I've been working for many years. I'm in my 60s, early 60s. Uh, good retirement pensions. Um, Are you retired now? No, I'm not retired. I work full time. Uh, my home is paid for. I have no debt. Um, do you work for the state or uh, a municipality no. or utility? No, I do not work for the state. I okay. I, I work in private industry. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> And what do you have? Do you have money in a 401k or IRA, that sort of thing? Sure. Yes, I do. Yeah, 401k. I also have a pension plan with my current employer who I've been with for over 20 years. And my employer before that was the state. And I worked with them for about 15 <laughs> years. So I have. Well, and so uh, what, if you were to add up all your retirement accounts together, what do you have in those accounts? Oh, that I'm not prepared to tell you because I didn't check. I'm not real good at. A few hundred <laughs> um, thousand? Oh yeah. Yeah. So we don't, so the answer is without those, without that, that being answered, we, we, I, we can't tell you. I, I, my, on my, first blush is that you're not prepared to do it. I, the, the, the challenge is this, this is your nephew, right? So let's envision yeah. down the road. Let's say you, 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 you do this. Let's say that something happens. Um, the marriage no longer works out. That's right. For whatever, maybe she, whatever, right? Something, just life happens. Marriage doesn't sure. work out. Businesses doesn't, mm-hmm. don't, don't work out. Are you prepared they, to lose they quit. this? They're not making the payments anymore. You don't want a right. house in and, upstate New like York. Aunt Mary, we can't afford the payment this month. We can only send you $100, right? And the next thing you know, they're several months behind on their mortgage. And you're like, well, that, like, how do I evict my nephew? You Because then you'd be the bad aunt. You don't. And remember, bread that is eaten is soon forgotten. Bread that is eaten is soon forgotten. So the reality is okay. the reality is this. At some point in time, we're going to learn how to live with COVID-19. <laughs> Whether that's vaccine takes care of the problem or it's just the way things are going to go forward. And we'll figure out how to live through this. There will be um, uh, events and weddings again. There will be photography. Right, one's a photographer, one's a the wedding planner. Oh my gosh! Like wedding but, planner. But the reality, right. this six point seven five percent sounds high, but this is commensurate yeah. with the risk that the lender is willing to actually uh, take, and that's why this is such a premium over a normal interest rate because either they have poor work history, poor credit, combination of the two, and uh, a cash flow that is not consistent. I wouldn't touch. Yeah, I mean, this. the reality is: look, they're young. 
They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. No, seriously, they'll figure it out. It's not the end of the world. That it's they, eighty-five grand, and Look, the difference is four per, four percent on eighty-five. It's less than four thousand dollars a year. They would like to save okay. that by getting a new mortgage to save them about a little under $4,000 a year. That's right. That's a new right. mortgage will save them $4,000 That's right. That's right. And, and if, if you it feel takes that a, bad. If it takes them another year, to give them four grand if you feel that if bad. If you feel that bad. But, but the reality is, unless you had oodles of money laying around, which you may, right. you don't know. Well, you probably don't have a couple million bucks. And I wouldn't do this unless you had a couple million That's bucks. That's right. And, and being prepared to like, not see these dollars. Yeah, you would, sure. if you gave if you lent them this money, you would should be. You'd be prepared. better off just giving them some cash to help them through this. Yeah, this if that's what you okay. wanted. To, if that's what you wanted to. Yeah, do. I wouldn't. That let would them. be better. That would be more helpful to them than than trying to pay this thing off. Yeah, and they're taking being the the reason they're charging this four thousand dollar closing cost, which is a five percent closing cost, which is relatively high, is because they're building that into the price of the loan. That the risk that is commensurate with this type of loan, with this type of income, with this type of profession. You didn't create their okay. lives. You're just a participant in it. You didn't do this to them. Sure. Right? And you're a great aunt. I wish you were my aunt. And it's not like they're in dire need. They're fine. Right? If they were right. in dire no, need, if they were in dire need, then you'd probably just like, all right, I'm going to. But the reality is, if you do this, there's a good chance that it will cost you not only financially, but relationally. Yeah, that's what that would be my concern as well. That's right. So, you know, I wouldn't want them to feel like they couldn't talk to me because they owe me money. So you can you if you talk to your nephew about this, you just go back and say you talk to a financial advisor and the financial advisor said it was strongly encouraged, discouraged you to do that because of any of of your income needs. And by the way, I feel bad for you. So here's fifteen hundred to you want to do that or don't do or don't do it. Very good. Okay. Right. And by Thank the way, you so much. by the way, Mary, you 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 need to actually go and figure out where your money is and what it's doing. Yeah. And <laughs> if you're if you're a few years away from a retirement, when you retired from the state of California, did you take a uh, were you pension eligible or was it a deferred vested pension? Sure. No, no, no. I was pension eligible, okay. but I have worked in New York State, lovely New York State. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, appreciate the New call. York well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have in this program. It's been great uh, having you with us. Um, this has been All Worth Financials Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. This program has been brought to you by All Worth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.